Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. Going viral at your first Met Gala is certainly a feat. Dubbed the new Fiji water girl and, quote, the true star of the evening, my guests today really started their career off with a bang. We met a few months ago when Rachel and I were attending the Netflix Pride Party, and I instantly clocked Hunter because, duh, I'm a fan of theirs, and duh, Hunter had the camera and was taking pictures of all the celebs, so obviously, (laughs) I wanted to talk to Hunter myself. I didn't realize at the time that we had so many friends in common because let's be honest, I'm not really cool enough for the fashion world. So I was surprised that I was adjacently cool enough to have mutual friends in common with Hunter. Hunter is literally one of the coolest things about fashion that we have these days, and I am thrilled to have them on the show today. I assume you're quite a bit younger than me. I didn't have like the internet. I'm 31. You're young. Oh, God. Hunter, <laughs> it just gets worse. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I don't know. Well, young. and actually, that's that's one of my first, you don't feel young, you said? Well, because you're Not in New all York. The time. Yeah. Like, and every, like, I, I, like, here's the thing. I love my age. I love myself. I love my age. I love being my age until I'm confronted with someone incredibly young. And then I'm like, oh, I hate that. Well, you are around a lot of young people oh, often. Often. Like, it, like I can go out, like, I was out on Fire Island around 4th of July, and I'm hanging with this group of guys, and I'm like, oh, they're so, like, fun, and, like, they just, like, don't care about anything. This must be, like, I wonder how old they are. They're, like, 10 or 9 years older than me, and I'm like, what? I need to get away from these people. 10 or 9 <laughs> years older like, than you? Or nine well, years younger. Nine oh, years nine younger. years younger like, than I'm you. Oh, you're younger, ten years younger. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you do need to get away from them. Run away. <laughs> I was Run like, I gotta away. Go. Well, New York ages you. I think working in fashion is an interesting thing because it's this forever youth concept, right? Like, I, I love, I can't wait to watch the supermodels doc that's coming because, I mean. Oh, that's like, <laughs> this is my Super Bowl. Like, uh, this is, 100%. like, I can't, I can't wait. I, I mean, can't wait. I see Amber Valletta often um, mm-hmm. here in L.A. She's at the Erewhon in Studio City a few times, and then I dated someone for a hot second, and they knew each other, and so I've seen her up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Like, Stunning. just insane. And for me, I mean, so, you have photographed. I was just looking. <laughs> I w- couldn't sleep last night often um and i was scrolling through your instagram and i'm like holy shit i'm just gonna rattle off i didn't even write it down (laughs) i I typically take notes but i didn't rattle it off or i didn't write it down because i just wanted to kind of freeform think about when i'm looking through some of your work that you've posted online carl lagerfeld which you should frame that picture by the way the one we're getting out of the car like before the fendi show like that's my that's like really my one interaction with him uh, actually, two. I've had two, but like I didn't have like a like oh we talked to each other kind of moment. It was that, and then I was at 
Eddie's Lament's first show for Celine. And he was there front row. And like, he was there for like a minute and then Gaga arrived and it was like all about Gaga. And I was like, I'm like, they're together. Like this is like, it was very bizarre. But um, <laughs> that was really like my one, like the closest I came to him. But that's a beautiful photo. I mean, it's stunning. Okay. As I uh, let me continue. So we've got Carl Lagerfeld, obviously Anna Wintour, Bella Hadid, Kim, Kim, I'm sure Kim Kardashian at the Met. You've got Gaga. You've got, I mean, um, hold on, hold on. What I, Katy Perry and the Burger at the Met Gala. You've got, I mean, it's just like it was, and I was just looking through this. I'm like, Oh my God, you were on the ground for the my favorite so far met, which was camp. I mean, it's just you capture all you've worked for Vogue, obviously, as a contributor. W magazine, you've been featured where I worked for a time. You've been <laughs> I'm assuming business of fashion, like New York Mag. I mean, it just goes on and on and and actually, lest we forget the most famous people that you took a picture of, uh, me and my wife at the Netflix party, um, yeah. which I saw. I mean, there's just a, a million people there. Mm-hmm. Julia Fox was there. I'm sure you've taken her picture before, and maybe you took it that night. When did you start in the fashion photography world? You must have been what twelve. I mean, this is like. No, <laughs> I dropped out. Okay, so I dropped out of NYU in like 2011. You dropped out of school. And I think. Why? Yeah, I dropped out of NYU. It was not for me. Just I school not was not for you? Yeah, I think I was like, I really hated high school for like multiple uh, reasons. That Hunter. Like any queer person probably has. <laughs> Samesies. <laughs> like, hello. But then. I was going to this after-school program called the Huntington School of Fine Arts. Of course. And I would kind of, like, you would do drawing and painting and sculpture three times a week for three hours each time. It was really fabulous. And I did that for the four years throughout high school. And then I also did it a little bit before in junior high school as well. And I thought, like, oh, I'm going to get to art school and it's going to be just like this. And, like, I'm going to have the freedom to make what I want and kind of make my own schedule and, like, all these things. And then, like, my stupid ass when we were doing college tours, like I went to every art school and I was like, I don't like these. And then I like fell in love with NYU. And I was like, which was like the most academic of the schools I applied to. And so I was like, I want to go to NYU. Like, let's do this. <laughs> I got to NYU and it was like so far removed from like the art school experience. Well, still being like, I was in Steinhardt and I was in the studio art program there. So it was still like an art school experience in like a liberal college, a liberal arts college. I hated it. It was just like not for me. I loved my professors. I loved a lot of the other students. It just like was not the right environment for me at all. And so, and I wanted to make it work so badly. And I just, it just was not for me. I love I love that you talk about how it's I went to the new school, so I was very close Mm -hmm. to you. Um, Yeah. And I loved it. I just, you know, listen, I think everyone should do whatever makes sense for them. I think this idea Mm -hmm. that everyone has to go to a college 
and that's what they do and that's what they need to do and that's the only way to make it or get a job is super ridiculous actually. I mean, I left, I had to leave the new school. I went on a long trajectory and I went back to California and went to City College and did, I tried to continue art and then I changed and blah, 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 and like whatever. Long story long is I don't use, the only thing I use from school is when I went to journalism school and learned how to write very succinctly. And that's something that I do often. But I think, you know, talking about why that like institutional education isn't for everyone is actually really important. (laughs) Because, you know, I just and I, I, I just I don't think it was the right time. Like, I think I maybe like I think about it and I think like maybe like two or three years ago, I actually might've been ready to go to college. Yeah. Like I was like 27 or 28, maybe would have been the right time to do it. But not when I was like 18. 18. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Um, Long Island. Okay. So, so like you were not close. far from the city. Yeah. Like I remember like, like I very much remember like coming into the city as a child and then like later as a teenager, obviously like once, I figured out how to like get to the train station by myself or like knowing how to navigate the city. I was like, you're every chance I got. Right. So you dropped out of NYU and then did you immediately start taking pictures or had you already been or? So my second semester at NYU, I think it was like February fashion week. And I like decided I would just like hang outside of the Marc Jacobs show and like take some photos on the camera. And I did. And like, they're nothing to write home about, but I definitely got like this thrill out of capturing people that I had only like seen on the internet. Mm. And like, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is like really something I like want to keep doing. Like, and I get like a joy and a thrill out of like showing my friends on the internet. Like, I who did you capture at that show? Um, I think it was like Karen Elson was there. Mm. I can't remember. It like it was so long ago. I like can't remember. Did you get my my biggest celebrity crush? Which actually, you and I have a mutual friend, Jonathan, who's in who mm. is really one of the most incredible people. A fantastic artistic director, st- like stunning inside and out. But you know, and Jonathan knows this because I tell them all the time. I'm obsessed with Lit by Char. Oh, so can someone please listen? Obviously, I grew up obsessed with Mark Jacobs when the Mark Jacobs Gap collection came out. I don't oh, know if yeah. you were too young to. Re- okay, I was at the new school, and I was like bartending, allegedly selling marijuana to NYU students, but you didn't hear that from here. I went to the Gap on Fifth Ave, and I bought. And I am so mad at myself because I don't know where they are, but I bought every single one of the purses in every single color and had them all and was like, oh my God. get out. I'd like walk into Parsons like, hey, whatever, like a whole flex. And I don't know where they are. And it is such a bummer because I was so into it. But move Mark to the side. Give me your husband, Char, who's yeah. my favorite person on the planet. Anyway, that's it. It was before they were together. So it was okay, like, fine, fine, fine. Like, this is like, they weren't <laughs> together yet. But um. I don't know if you know this, but I actually shot Mark's wedding to charge. Wait, where Jonathan went? Yeah. <gasps> we didn't meet each other there, though. We, like, had it. We, like, I think we interacted, but we didn't, like, 
introduce ourselves. Like I didn't know who they were. They didn't know who I was. Like it was just like that. Wait, it's very funny. I'm dying. This is huge for me. Listen, Naomi Campbell, you've shot them all. You've literally shot it all. Jonathan was in my house and I have a frame. I have some Polaroids framed from Mark's wedding that I took. And Jonathan was like, that's Naomi at Mark's wedding. And I was like, they were like, were you there? And I was like, yeah, I took that fucking photo. And they were like, oh my God, I was there. I'm dying. This is huge. I knew you were going to give me some really good gems today. But the fact that you shot that, I would have given anything to be at that wedding. I mean, I probably would have felt like shit about myself the entire time just because that's like fashion elite. You're fashion elite. Jonathan, all of you fashion like elite. It's tough. You're a tough crowd to run around in, but I love you. I stay in my vintage lane, which I live in and I love. But that wedding looked lit, lit by charm. It was insane. I mean, we were doing, me and my friend River were doing a, like kind of like a portrait studio there. And it was like, I just remember like at one point, Kate Moss came down and like got in the portrait studio. It was my first, I think it was my second time ever shooting Kate, but it was like the most I never interacted with her because I'm kind of like directing her. And I was just like, I, my friend Mark Sebastian, this model was invited and was standing next to me. And I like turned to him and I was like, if you would just record video of me shooting Kate, I would really, really like fucking die. Did they? He did. He did. And I had video of like that like swoops to me shooting and then it's like he in this portrait studio and I was like, thank you. Because like so often like what I do, like it's not like a painting where I like put my signature on it or anything. It's like there's not real like documentation of me like being there doing this job. Yeah, that's like, a really <laughs> interesting person. Yeah, that you know what? You're right. It is interesting. Like, everyone just I mean, kind of has to take my word for it that I shot the photo. <laughs> I mean, it's pr- Hunter. It's very well documented how much. Well, of- some of it, some of it has been like since May 2022. Was that 2021 or 2022? 2021, I guess. Was that your oh. first Met that you shot? No, Met 2019 was my first Met. Camp. Camp was, Camp first was your first? Was Wait, first. who was your, f- I'm skipping all over the place because I'm so giddy yeah. and excited. Yeah. Who was your favorite? Can't I mean if you can't pick one, I understand because that no, was- no, no, it's Gaga, it's Gaga because it was like I had never shot her before, and I was or I had shot her at that Celine at the Celine Front Row thing, um, but we had never like I had never met her, I had never had any interaction with her, I had never like really gotten FaceTime with her, and I'm like such a fan, and um, yeah, that whole thing on the red carpet was wild. I think it was like the first time that Anna had ever like down the stairs and like stayed there to watch someone else arrive which was like a big deal it it was wild and then she came in and brandon maxwell walked her up the stairs and like after she was in like the lingerie and like she waved and like came inside and brandon's there with her and brandon sees me and is like oh hunter oh my god so good to see you hunter here's Gaga. it's about time you all met and i was like oh my god are you guys best friends now no no, and I wouldn't expect us to be. Like, she's like, a, like, I didn't come into this business to be friends with celebrities. Like, mm, never, Let's talk about that. I talk about that a I, lot because a lot I, of like, people ask, what is it like to be friends with celebrities? I'm like, they are monsters. 
but I, I love to gawk at them, you know? I, I think like it's, if I happen to be friends with someone that's famous, that's lovely. That was not the goal when I started yeah. this job. Like, what was my, the goal? To create beautiful images that I would be proud of and love and like yeah. stand behind and like to leave some kind of like visual legacy and archive behind. It was not to become like Lady Gaga's best friend. It was not to like become Beyonce's best friend. It was not to become Rihanna's best friend. If that ever happened, I would be like, cool, great, awesome. I would love that's to weird. be Rihanna's best that's, friend. That's, that's weird. That's wild. Yes, that's cool. But it wasn't my goal. And I think there's a lot of people who like, that is the goal. Like they're doing yeah. photos to become a celebrity in themselves. And I like, I think that's why when I went viral at the Met, it was so confusing for me because I was like, this was never my intention. What did it feel like when you went viral? It was weird because I definitely got scrutiny for it too. Like I definitely got like, I mean, it's very weird to wake up and have like hate mail in your Instagram inbox. It's like, not fun. Which is like, it's not fun. It's not fun, but it's also like, I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be a public person. And like, yeah. that sucks. And like, that, there's a reason I never wanted that. Well, and it's interesting because you're in those spaces, you're documenting it. You are, mm -hmm. not to like get all art school, but mm -hmm. there is a certain, while you're, while some photographers and you know, whatever, some people that are even videographers, whatever, tend to take a fly on the wall approach. Mm -hmm. You do have to insert yourself in the situation to be able to document it. And the whole taking of pictures and for those who have been to red carpets or celebrity or events or even fashion shows, there's such a performance. There's like a million performances happening all at yeah. once. So in a way, you really are while you're behind the lens, you taking photos, it is integral. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay. I said I wasn't, I didn't need to be someone's best friend, but I did want to be known by that. Got it. Like, I do want to be like known enough that like I can get the shot I want, that I can be like familiar enough with whoever I'm photographing that they feel comfortable with me quickly and that I can talk to them without. Yeah, of course. Trust. Without like, without the power dynamics being completely in their favor. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. like you are like, I am the photographer and the image maker. So at the end of the day, like I am somewhat in control, but like with a celebrity, like the power dynamic is not always in my favor. No. And I feel same. Yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, yeah, I've been there. A, you're like writing a piece, and like, yeah, you're the one writing it. But like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at stake. Well, yeah, and I think you know you want to make sure that you're documenting what's really happening, or you're asking the questions that people mm -hmm. want to know, and you're being truthful and you're being transparent. But then, of course, you're like, well, shit, if this doesn't look great or doesn't sound great, is that going to impact other things yeah it's a very complicated thing mm -hmm. do you, so you so i'm jumped all over i died at the mark jacobs wedding i mean you i literally i almost i died i mean then we went right to gaga met gala camp like i'm so sorry i'm trying to keep it linear okay. here but i have to keep it conversational you leave school you go mm -hmm. sh start shooting mark jacobs shows which ends up you taking so i shot like out i shot outside, outside. outside. sorry okay. so outside. shot outside the mark jacobs show I dropped out of school. I was living at home with my parents on Long Island. 
my mom was like, you need to get a job. Like you cannot just live here and like do nothing. Like you need to get a job. And so I was like applying for all these like, like to be like a barista at Starbucks, to be like a restocker at like Barnes and Noble, like anything. Sure. I'm like 19 years old. And then one morning my mom came in and was like, congrats, you have a job. And I was like, what is it? She's like, you're your father's new secretary. Because my dad's secretary at the time had um, an autoimmune disease and was like in and out of like doctor's appointments and things. And they just needed someone that like could kind of be there to be second fiddle to her and like fill in when she couldn't be there. And so I started doing that. And what was great about that was that I was getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It was that I was getting paid and that I had a flexible schedule. And so Mm. when she started getting better, I could take time off and kind of take internships in the city or assist people or like for a little bit, I was a producer, like I was a photo producer. So I would produce like small shoots for people. Um, just like anything that I could do to kind of get my hand in the industry, I did. And then I started shooting back at shows again, but I was doing like outside street style, like Tommy Tom, Phil O. And I was doing that for like two or three years. I think it was at my dad's for like four or five years. So like two or three years in, I started doing that more often. And um, I like really was like, sick of working there by the fourth or fifth year, I think. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like right. I'm working in an engineering office on Long Island. Like I do not belong here. And, and like I, I was destined for much more than this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. It's not that I was destined for more. I just needed to know that I like gave it my like whole like college try. Sure. No pun intended before like I gave up on like whatever the dream was. Yeah. Which was like, and this wasn't the dream. Mm-hmm. So I'd seen a friend who'd gone to Paris and shot like during Paris fashion. He just shot street style and like came back with like these amazing, gorgeous photos and like was getting jobs left and right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to save up the next six months from September to February. And when February comes, I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to go to London, Milan, and Paris, and I'm going to shoot outside all of the shows internationally for, like, all of fashion month. And, like, when I get back, I'm going to apply for jobs as, like, either a photo editor or as a photographer for companies and, like, just see what happens. So I did that, and I came back, and I think I was home for, like, two months or so, two or three months, maybe. And, like, I was pretty much, like, out of money. I remember calling my mom one night and like crying to my mom. I was living in the city at the time. I was staying at a friend's of a friend apartment, sleeping on their couch. And I called my mom crying and was like, I'm out of money. Like, I failed. Like, I didn't do it. Like, I have to go back to work with your dad. And I'm devastated. Like, I can't do this. Like, like dry, like hot, like heaving socks. Like, I thought I was going to throw up. I was crying so hard. The next day, I met someone who got me my job at BFA. And, no. I, started for Bill, and I started working for Billy Farrell. Like within the next two weeks after that. Yeah. It was wow. Like, it That's happened. amazing. Like, like I really like, and there are moments like that now where like you're not looking jobs and you're not making money and you're like, this is it. This is it. And it's always like the, the darkest point when shit turns. I, yeah, you're right. 
That's a, a good reminder. I love that. And like, and like, so sometimes when I'm like down and like the shit, I'm like, just remember that like that one time where it was so bad that you almost threw up because you were crying so hard. But the next day, your life changed. So just like keep going, like keep yeah. going. But yeah, so then I started working for Billy Farrell, and that was really like when I was like professional, I guess. And then when when did you get the call, or how did you get the call to? do the Met? I had started working for Vogue through Samantha Adler brought me on. Yep. Who, she wasn't photo director yet. She was like a photo editor. And I think she was actually leaving to go freelance. And she brought me on to shoot something. And they were really happy with the photos. And then they just kept hiring me back for different things. And it was really crazy because at the time, I think Emily Rosser was the photo director. And then Nikki Crutchy became my photo editor and started working with me a lot and like just hiring me for stuff. And I shot this story in the archive of the Met in January 2019. And it was with Steph Yatka. And it was like, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Cause I remember going to the Met as a kid and like, I remember we lined up to see like the Jackie Kennedy like costume institute exhibit. And like, I used to get to shoot in the remodeled archives of the costume institute and like, being these clothes, like, up close and personal, like, was just so cool. And, like, I was like, if this is where, if this is as far as this takes me, like, this is amazing. And I remember I was leaving, and Mika, who was, like, one of the, like, who worked at the Costume Institute, was like, I'm sure we'll see you soon. And I was like, maybe in May. And she's like, I'm sure we'll see you in May. Like, basically saying, like, I'm sure we'll see you at the May. Meanwhile, it's not her decision at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember... In March, I got the email. Like three months later, I got the email that was like hot. And it was really a funny situation because I got the email from contracts at Condé, basically being like an amendment to my Condé contract, basically being like, here's your contract for the May. And no one had asked me if I was available or anything. And I was like, I remember I was with my dad. I was like, I just got this email. Like, I don't, like, is this a mistake? Like, what's going on? Like, they haven't asked me to do it yet. And they were already sending me, like, a contract. Like, this is weird. So I fired, like, I forwarded it to Nikki. I was like, what's going on here? Like, am I doing the night? Is this a mistake? Like, also, my address is wrong on the contract. You're like, like mm, let's, let's get some, like, actual real, I need this contract amended. I'm like, what's going on? And she, like, emailed me back within five minutes. I was like, oh, my God. They, like, jumped the gun. We're so sorry. But, yes, we'd like you to shoot the night. And I, like drop my phone like this is directly crying because it was just like when i started at bfa i had said i started on the i think i started around the five-year anniversary of bfa because that september was the five-year anniversary party and i remember saying to my mom i was like if i can just stay five years or until i shoot the med like i think i'll be in a really good place and at a certain point BFA lost the contact, lost the contract where they were shooting inside the Met and it was handed over to Getty. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) Well, now I'm never going to shoot for BFA. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to shoot it for Vogue. And then like the Vogue thing just started happening. And I was like, okay, like maybe I'll like, maybe this is it. Like maybe this is how it's going to happen. And so like when it did happen, I was just like, I did it. Like, yeah, I got, like, I got what I wanted. I can't describe what that felt like because it is so bizarre to me to like have something that you've wanted since 
or something that like I've been eyeing since childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like I remember when like the Met would happen, and like I always wanted like the People Magazine issue from like the week after the Met happened because I'd want like to I'd see wanna, all like, the looks. Look like I'd want to see all the looks. I remember like I used to have like an archive of People Magazine. And like an archive of like people's and Vogue and a few New York mags here and there. And it was mostly people and it was mostly Vogue. And like all my peoples were either like the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the end of the year best dressed one, or the Met Gala one. Well, and you and shot were, Vanity Fair Oscar party too. Uh, I did the red carpet. I haven't done inside yet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. But like we're not, I haven't done inside yet. <laughs> We'll we'll get you in there. It's just a, a shake of a stick. Honestly, the red carpet's really fun. I I it is it, it's interesting. I was speaking to an incredible friend and writer here in Los Angeles for this show. Um and I was saying I'm like, you know, I've done it's like you go, I went to the Oscars this year for the first I've yeah. as a kid, that's all I ever wanted was yeah. to go to the Oscars. I also imagined myself receiving an Oscar, but whatever. Oh, I was in the nosebleed. 100%. It was fine. But like, do you know, and I arrived on the red carpet with Nicole Kidman, which was so weird. And it was just, you, they put me in the yeah. wrong line. And you're like, it's so hectic and it's crazy. And I got to go to the Emmys with my best friend and walk the carpet. Like I've done all these things mm -hmm. I dream of and you do them. And I don't know if you ever feel like this. It's not necessarily... Let down isn't the right word. It's surreal. It's you like get there. It's and an out of body. It's, yeah, you're. It's a it's, full out of body experience. It is. Like you're it like really I'm. Is. I'm not in control right now. Like I am not in control of my emotions. I'm not in control of what I say. I'm not in control of what I do. Like this yeah. is just like I'm. Like I am playing a video game, or I'm <laughs> like watching a video game, and you know when it goes into like auto mode to get you to the next quest. Yes. It's like that. <laughs> Actually, that's a really great. Description. What's now? What's I mean? I feel like you've shot a million bajillion shows. You've done incredible editorial. You've done these, you know, big fashion moments. Like I mean, Vanity Fair red, Vanity Fair Oscar red carpet is like a whole was, fucking. I mean, and I did, and I shot the red carpet at the Oscars that day. I went from red carpet Oscars oh to Vanity God. Fair red carpet. Yeah, it was exhausting. Like, it's like never. It ending. was crazy. Like that was like that was one of the craziest things in my life because you exit the Oscars. And all the roads are shut down. And so I had to walk like 10 blocks in Los Angeles, which is not 10 blocks in New York. 10 blocks in no. Los Angeles is like a mile. A mile. It is. It really is. To get an Uber to take me to Vanity Fair, which is like on the other side of town. Literally on the other side of town. And also off of Santa Monica Boulevard in the most annoying <laughs> roundabout way. It's like impossible to get there. Was, yes, I, It's insane. And we had to go to like, and my, my Uber driver took me to the wrong security entrance. Of it course. was just like one of those like, this is where I was like, oh my God, like, this I mean, is the longest day ever. Like, if it means on? anything to you, my Uber driver this year screamed at me and didn't <laughs> kept saying that I didn't have the right drive on. I'm like, no, dude, I have drive on access. And he's screaming yeah. at me. I had to flag down a police officer. He wanted to drop me off on Santa Monica and yeah. La Brea, which yeah. is actually almost a mile and a half away and i'm in like gorgeous stunning like whatever christian yeah. dior stilettos that i can barely walk in i'm like and it's a thousand degrees outside i'm like yeah. what the fuck are you talking anyway it was very crazy it, like, it, what haven't you done that you want to do i mean you even did fucking mark jacob's wedding like what are we even <laughs> saying right now like what is left i would like to shoot like 
more editorial, more cover. Okay. Things like that. Like I would love to do things like that. I would also like like to develop my own personal work. Like I just have not had the time or like energy to do that. I don't know. I had that like I had someone ask me that question the other day at dinner. And I was like, you know, after the Met, because I wanted that for so long. And then it like with COVID, the Met kind of went away. Like right. well, everything kind of went away. Right. I thought like if I can just get back to where I was, I would yeah. be so happy. And now that we're kind of back, I'm kind of like, I don't want to quote Barbie because like you haven't seen it yet, but like, what is my purpose? Like that's like you're gonna like you'll 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 watch Barbie and you'll kinda like get it, but like I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to like keep all my options open and say yes to things I normally wouldn't say yes to and say and like maybe be a little more cheesy with the things I would normally say yes to. And maybe like so I just open myself up to other things. But I don't know. That's actually a fun place to be though, a little bit. It's nerve-wracking and also exciting all at the same time. You know, because I think that if you have it so figured out, mm-hmm. it leaves less to be surprised by. It leaves less. You know what I mean? You kind of have blinders. Yeah. So I think not knowing can kind of be, you're right, it, it's a little nerve-wracking, but it's an exciting, it's an exciting place to be. Is there, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and ask you ridiculous questions like, who's your favorite design? I think that's mean. Oh, it's like, go ask. No, no, no. Ask. Like, I oh, love it. Okay. Okay. Who's your favorite designer right now? I have like a top three or four. All right. Throw it. Obviously, out. I like Willie Norris, who's designed all my Met looks since 2021, like really is a genius. And like, she's incredible. And I love her work so much. And I love her. And like, I feel so lucky to like get to exist in the same timeline as her. Like, really love her so much. Um, Christopher John Rogers, I think, is incredible. I mean, my and, fave. Like, just I, like I love color. Yeah, <laughs> him and like Dries probably yes. are like maybe like Dries is maybe the only designer I would like willingly pay full price for. I know. Like, See, that's the other thing that's tricky. Is it's like I love Christopher, but I'm like. Damn, that's a a grip. I'm I'm always like on the real real, like waiting. I'm like, what can I get? What can I get? Because I, I need a bright colored sweater. Yeah, I'm I'm very lucky that I've gone to the industry price a few times. So well, not only that, but I see you with the gifts. I see you with the gifts, Hunter. Okay. I know you out here gifting, here's getting gifts. I've gotten one thing from Christopher, and it was. I had no idea it was coming, and it was very unexpected, and it was very sweet. And I was, was it the jacket you just wore, or what? Uh, no, it was a sweater. It was a sweater that I loved, and I like. I wore it out one night, and I got pasta sauce on it, and it, <gasps> it came out. It came out. It came out. Nobody freak out. It's all good. It's in perfect condition now. My dry cleaners took care of it, but now I'm like, I haven't worn it since because I'm so nervous. <laughs> oh my god! I'll do you one. Listen to this. I worked for Rose McGowan a million years ago when mm-hmm. I first moved to LA and she gave me this like insane to be like 90, like re- her closet. I mean, she's so tiny, so I couldn't fit into shit. But she's like, I have this Tibby coat that would actually be like so cute on you. Do you want it? And it was suede and leather. I still have it. And I wore it mm-hmm. out one time and the waiter was carrying a tray. No, you're going to throw up. 
a tray of red wine and dumped it all down the back of me. No. They actually sent it to New York to be laundered and it pretty much came out. There was like yeah. one little area that you can see, but you, sh- I, and I was so poor at that time, like broke, like even yeah. considered selling it a million times where I'm like, it's a full floor length suede leather, like from the runway, yeah. like old school Tibby, like 90s, like so sick. Anyway, it was, it got, it came out, but I was like, holy fuck. I know. I always spill shit on myself. It's like the worst. Okay, wait, that was three designers. Do you have any more that you love? I mean, I love Kalina Strada. It's not what, I, like, I, it's a lot for me to wear it. Like, I wouldn't, like, I would really, if I, when I wear it, I like really am like putting it with like jeans or with a t shirt or like I'm right. really like dialing it down. So it's not so crazy because there's a lot. But I do that with Christopher stuff too. Cause like that coat, for example, like like I'm gonna wear it with jeans and a t-shirt. Cause otherwise so like, good. She- I'm I don't wanna look like I'm wearing like a dude suit, but I love that coat. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I really like Gabriella Hurst. Like I love photographing her clothes. Duh. Like it's really beautiful. Like and I think like the whole brand vibe is really beautiful. I'm and then like, oh, duh. Like, I'm not wearing it. Like in my dream world, post Olympic, just kidding. Um, Daniel Roseberry at Scaparelli. Oh well, it's yeah, just, duh. Like that's just like like that's insane what he's doing. Like it's so creative, it's so unique, but it's so like it's so fucking gay. It's yeah, so it's very fucking, gay. Uh, it's so fucking unapologetically gay. And I love that he's like making these gay ass clothes for like, I wouldn't say it's as gay as like Terry Mugler ever was, but it's fucking gay. It's pretty close. Like, but it's pretty fucking close. And I love that. Like, I love that. So unapologetic about it. And I love that. What is the most exciting thing in fashion right now that you see? I'm really excited to see what Peter Doe does at Helmet Lane. Probably, I would probably put Peter in my last category too. What about Phoebe? You're not excited about the fir- the return um, of Phoebe and her own label? I'm like curious. I'm okay. very curious. I'm it a huge like- Celine. I'm like for me, French fashion. Like I, I mean, I love it all. Don't get me wrong, but I think for like yeah. an everyday realistic thing, I and I'm also like at that place in my life. I just love Celine. Like I just and I love Chloe. You know what I mean? I just Yeah. I love Phoebe. I just I wanna see how inclusive the sizing is gonna be. Well, but don't you feel that's a that was be that was gonna be my next question. With Ozempic and with what yeah. I saw on the runways, I feel like we did. It is true. I think we went backwards quite oh, a bit. We I went, feel it. Oh, oh, yeah, we went back. We went backwards. But also I'm like, did we go backwards or did just did a certain plus size model who I love dearly decide to take the season off and everyone that cast her just decided mm. not to like try and find a replacement or like try and like look at the board and see like another plus size girl or do they because there are girl? stunning mid-sized plus size I mean I would also like yeah. to see a lot more mid-sized models 100%. Being cast it, because in it's my normal. mind in my mind like it should be like 33% Regular models, 33% mid-size, 33% plus size. Do and you like, think that'll ever happen? Absolutely not. 
Not until I'm in control. Yeah. It's a bummer. I mean, listen, I've known Tess Holiday personally for many, we're good friends. We've known each other for yeah. a long, long time. Tess is like over it, but doing really cool things. She's working with yeah. H&M, like whatever. She's just like, fuck the whole thing. I know exactly what model you're talking about, who's one mm-hmm. of my faves. Ashley Graham had, but it's like the fact that we're yeah. seeing like three people, four people, yeah. like it's kind of pathetic. I mean, I really... I even look at the supermodels that we started talking about, Chrissy Turlington, Cindy Crawford, their body types were very athletic in in yes. comparison to Kaya Gerber, like all of these, yeah. they're very wafy. And there's like, like a willy, there's a willow, a willio, a willowness, a will, I don't know, yeah. like, like just like an etherealness to the girls' bodies that happened like post-Kate. And yeah, like, it never went, and it never swung back, which is a it bummer. Because it like it just a ton of girls just became like unbookable because they were just like all of a sudden like Calvin saw how the dresses just like floated on Kate's body, and he was like, "That's it. Like I want every girl to be shaped like that now." And then you look at like what Prada did in the mid two thousands, where like all the models like basically became like clones of Sasha P. Yep, and like. We're now like trying to like just get like an even playing field of like Asian, Latina, and like black models on the runway and everything in between. We've got like the size, the fight for like size inclusivity feels like doomed. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. No, I, I think you're right. And I think the bummer of it all is that you saw in some weird, twisted way the Kardashians really changing things and i hate to say it and i watched their last episode where they're like boohoo everybody won't stop being mean to and i was just like "Ah, you are now insane looking all of you like you've all like your poor 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 bodies like i you know i am a, a kid of the 90s i grew up idolizing Kate Moss. I grew up idolizing Mm -hmm. these thin, thin women. I am short. I am curvy. It is so hard for me to lose weight, Ozempic or not. It's like impossible. And it sucks (laughs) because you like hate yourself and you're like, what the fuck? And so I love actually like a Lourdes Leon who really like embraces what they want to look like and does their thing. I really, I think they're, I'm hoping that some of the young, like the street style that you do, I, I, when I go to Vogue.com, that's what I kind of like to see because I like to see what people in those cities are wearing to the shows. I think that can sometimes be a little bit more interesting and you get all of the representation that we're missing from the actual runway, which I think can be cool. Even with I age, mean, but also even like, with age, even with age. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I fucking love Gabby Carufa Johnson so much. And I feel like I would like to have a black, unapologetically fat fashion editor be like the one who's styling Vogue covers and be the one that's like front row of these shows and one like. Yeah. That's so fucking important. That's it's so very important. important. So fucking important because, like, I just remember, like, I remember, and I don't want to, like, there was a very specific era of like street style pictures, and it was just like of fashion editors that just could have been models if they were just a little younger. Yeah, no shit. 
That's what I mean. I mean, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I think that's why I tend to, and maybe that is why Instagram and the individual creator still, you know, is interesting and is is so intense because I think people have to take stuff into their own hands sometimes. And that's why- I, I do tend to prefer, I mean, I also like stand for like a rich French lady, no matter what, or like oh. a, a French rich queer to me is like top notch. <laughs> like I don't care. Like I'm like, no, no, no. I, New York fashion week, fine. But Paris fashion week, Milan, okay. But for me. Have you, wait, wait, wait. How much time have you spent in Milan? Zero. I have, I'm okay. talking, okay. I'm just going off the so phone. So there's something like, there is something like, really special about being in Milan that like it took me about four or five years of going to fall in love with Milan okay. and now I'm like I will say like Italy of like of London Milan and Paris Italy is probably like the most racist city of the most racist country oh to go to yeah, also there. they're like literally the horrible prime minister taking yeah. queer families apart ripping queer families apart yeah. it's not the best it's not yeah. right but it is like it is the city with the most interesting vibe to it in Paris like Paris has become like because it's Paris it is like a tourism capital of the world whether you like it or not Hunter you're giving me this TikTok all these people on TikTok saying that Paris is not the shit anymore and I understand okay here's the thing Paris will always be the shit to the people who know where to go if you don't know where to go that's your damn fault if you don't know how to like if you don't know how to like interact in a European city Mm -hmm. and like like not stay at an airport that's gonna be right near like a shitty fucking neighborhood, that's your own damn fault. But Milan is like it's a different beast because it is like it, it's a business city. It's a it city is a that business city. work and live in and like it's not really a city for tourists. And there's something I really love about that. All right. And like I've really like I the city I'm most excited to go back to when people start paying people to fly again. If anybody has budget, please call me. Um is Milan. Same. First of all, how adorable is Hunter? Aside from finding out Hunter photographed Mark and Char's wedding, which I will potentially never get over for the rest of my life, the thing that I gleaned most interesting from this interview, well, many things, I loved our conversation about Ozempic and how it's impacting the fashion industry, um, the lack of diversity we still have on the runway, but What I really loved, and I think this is sort of why, not to be all woo-woo, but I think why we spoke this week is that I really love that Hunter didn't give up. If I'm being honest, I want to give up all the time. I want to give up on the show. I want to give up on myself. I want to give up on my career. I want to give up on trying to fucking do the front lawn. It's easy to give up. And I love that Hunter didn't give up right before they got their big first call. Again, I don't want to sound cheesy and woo-woo, but I think we spoke this week for a reason. And I hope that if anybody else listening out there had the thought or multiple thoughts of giving up, you don't. Because there's always something better around the corner. <laughs> 